Lord, we're grateful that we can come to you now knowing you're still at work in people's lives, um, that you're intimately involved, you still care, um, you're all-knowing. Um, so God, as we look today and think even through this about being thankful in all seasons, we're thankful that uh, someone can share with, that, with us even like how they are thankful in all seasons, the difficulties and, and even in the healing process. God, I pray that we can continue to learn and grow and be more thankful in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we had our first uh, budget meeting this week with our elders and uh, staff. It was our first time doing it that way. And we appreciate you guys praying for us and just our entire group. Um, one of the things I think we came away with mostly was just how truly blessed we are to serve here. And uh, there's going to be other things we share with you in the, in the coming weeks uh, that came out of that. But just, just want to say th- thank you for your prayers and, and thank you as a church family. Uh, one of the, the I, what I thought was one of the best moments was kind of there was a transitional time between our staff meeting and, and when the elders came in to meet. And, and we were just kind of looking back at the last 18 to 24 months, and we just, man, we just realized how blessed we were to be where we're at now, thinking back of how it's kind of just a blur for so many of us. And, and we just started thinking like, this happened, this happened, this happened, and started sharing just organically. And, and the, the next thing we know, we're talking for several minutes, and we're just like, wow, we, we are just blessed and thankful and that's kind of what we want to share with you today. Thanksgiving, for many of us, is, is our favorite holiday or one of our favorite holidays for, for numerous reasons. It could be the gathering of family and friends that we, we really enjoy, uh, the eating food and watching football. For some of us, that, that's what we look forward to, the, the cool mornings and the crisp nights um, where, where we don't have to run our ACs all the time and look at that PG&E bill and get nauseous so we can just like open a window now and then. Um, you know, for me, Thanksgiving's been my favorite holiday for a long time. For some of you, it's your favorite because you start decorating for Christmas, and, and others of you are mental, and you start the day after um, Halloween. Like, you, and if Jenna Van Dyken was here, she probably started October 1st. Um, like, but, but there's, we, we just enjoy that, uh, that time. I have uh, so many fond memories I could share with you of Thanksgiving as a child, but w- one of them that always stands out to me, all, all of our cousins, several years, we would gather at, at my, well, it was actually my great-grandfather's house but it was my grandma was living there at the time and we would cram into this back room all the guy cousins and we would bring our video game systems and I mean you would cram in this room and you would play football on video games like Madden football all day or you would watch football or you'd go out in the backyard and play football and then somewhere in between all that you'd cram in eating as much as you could um, we'd all sleep on the floor um, and, and now I look back and I, I look back at that so fondly but as an adult I think if you told me I had to cram into a room full and sleep on the floor and share a bathroom with other dudes I would cram and be like, no, that sounds like torture. <laughs> but as a kid, I looked forward to that so much every year. It was just so fun. We, we like loved that time of year. Last year, there was a guy, um, an artist who Mitch really likes. His name is Ben Rector. And he realized that we have a ton of Christmas songs, like more than you could ever even listen to. And so he sat down and was like, we don't have any Thanksgiving songs. And he wrote a song called the Thanksgiving song. And it really, it just does a great job of kind of encapsulating this holiday and what makes it so special. And I would encourage you to listen to it. It's really a good song, a family song you can listen to this time of year. 
And today we're going to talk about this, though, giving thanks. And what does that look like to be thankful to God? Uh, giving thanks goes back much further than just when America decided to make Thanksgiving a holiday. Uh, giving thanks goes back way to the beginning of time. I, I would guess the first time true thanks was given was after uh, God created Eve and Adam was with Eve. And maybe that was this first real time of Thanksgiving. Um, but the, the Jewish people, though, they, they would spend much, much more time and they would have many more holidays where they would take times and, and focus on the Lord and giving thanks and praising him. Our, our culture really isn't wired that way. We take a day off and, and now half the stores don't even take a day off. And that's like it. Give thanks for these three hours because then we got shopping to do and we got to get back to life. They would take extended periods of time where they would really focus in on the Lord and what he's done and express gratitude to him. And this morning, that's why we're going to look at several of the writings from David in the book of Psalms. Emily referenced a couple songs, Psalms and her testimony. We're going to look at some of them. And now these were written at various times. Uh, most of them were written by David, and they would be written at times of victory and at times of defeat. They were written through times of personal triumph and, and even times where someone fell into sin. Um, times of blessing and times of sorrow. And I think that's one of the reasons the Psalms remain so relatable to us today is it was written kind of out of that authenticity of life. Like it wasn't just written in, in, the, in the peaks of life and the good times. Many of the Psalms are a cry out during, during hard times where they're suffering and, and you're shaken. Because um, we know life isn't always just up, right? There's ups and downs. It's static. It's always changing. And so we relate so much to these things that were written 2,500 years ago because they just, they, they deal so real with life and these ups and downs. And so we're going to start by reading a psalm together here in a moment. And we're going to pull out just some thoughts from various psalms and other passages today on Thanksgiving. So this is not going to be a traditional verse by verse outline, but just looking at uh, multiple psalms and things and talk about giving thanks to God this year. So join me. We're going to start in Psalm 100. We're going to read all of Psalm 100 and then we'll, we'll go to some other passages too. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And the first thing I want us to think about when we give thanks to God is we give thanks to God because God is our salvation. As we give thanks and praise, hopefully we have this continued realization that our salvation comes from the Lord. Our, our ongoing praise is a declaration of that salvation. Um, that, that, that's this ongoing, that's one of the major ways we declare that is we give this ongoing praise for our salvation. It should be a driving force of our thanks that no matter what is going on around us, all the things good or bad that may be happening, we have salvation through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. And so some of these Psalms express this little, like a gratitude for salvation and they're coming out of a time of battle. And so it's, it's David oftentimes thanking God for protection and salvation in battle. Um, and, and we look at it though, we can look at some of these talk about the salvation that comes from a coming Messiah. And as people who've been redeemed or saved, we should give thanks to God uh, for our salvation. We most of all can be grateful for that eternal salvation more than anything else going on around us. A couple other verses in Psalm. Psalm 96, 1 and 2. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Uh, Psalm 107, 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the, the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from trouble. 
So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Redeemed people are people who we would, that, that's another word they use basically for saved people, people that have been rescued. And so if you've been admitted you're a sinner in need of a savior, if you've believed that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, and if you've chosen to place your faith in him alone, then you're, you're one of those redeemed. You're one of those saved people. And you could praise God and thank him for that salvation. And if you haven't done that, today could be the day where you put your faith in Jesus Christ the Savior and then celebrate eternity to be thankful for. Uh, Peter in the New Testament says it this way in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. That's another way of phrasing saved. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You see, we have this living hope, this inheritance of heaven, this undefiled, unspoiled, something that's not going to be corrupted by sin, set aside for us that we can be thankful for. In, in light of anything else that's going on in our life, and I, I, that was one of the things I appreciated even referencing Romans, that ultimately all these things are working out for our good, um, that we can trust that we have this eternal inheritance of heaven. And continuing to praise God, we give thanks that God is superior. He's superior to all the things of this world. Psalm 96, 3 through 5, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So we acknowledge that God is superior to all these things. He's above all these little G gods or all the idols of this world, all the things we we would worship or that people worship in place of him. He's to be feared above all of them. He's set apart from all of them. So is God superior in your life? Are all things failing in comparison and second place in comparison to him? Um, one of uh, the passages that this is most clearly communicated is in Job 38, where, where uh, God begins his response to Job. Job comes out of all the heartache and trouble and friends telling him what to do. And then God finally responds to him in verse 38. And basically his response is this, uh, who set the limits of the sea? Who formed the foundations? Where were you when I formed the foundations of the world? And the whole chapter kind of summed up is, is God saying, who do you think you are? You are not God, I am. And he, he goes through this if you want to read it in Job 38. And Psalm 96 gives us a short version of that. But it's a good reminder to us that God is superior over all. And it would behoove us to remember that and hopefully cause us to praise him and worship him at a deeper level. Knowing that God is superior to everything else here on earth. Something else we see about giving praise and thanks to God is that giving thanks gives us a proper perspective. Psalm 96, verse 10 and 13. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. So see, he reigns over all and is a faithful and righteous judge, and we are not. Proclaiming this and grasping that truths help us to keep focused on the Lord and not ourselves. See, it's not our responsibility to make sure that everything works out. How can we as broken, sinful, messed up people ensure that every situation works out properly? We can't. We're going to make sure it works out for our benefit usually. We're incapable of making sure that things work out the way they should. But we see that God is a faithful, righteous judge. We have this proper perspective that it's really not our responsibility. God's going to take care of it all someday. He's the king above all kings. 
And so we can get so wrapped up in thinking, I've got to do something. I have to do something. I'm not saying, even here, we're trying to do, help out our community with turkeys or gifts for families and in other areas. I, I'm not saying that like we just sit on our hands and don't do anything. But ultimately, we, we are incapable of fixing a broken and fallen world because we're broken and fallen people. So the best we could do is display the love of Christ and point people towards him. And that gives us this proper perspective on how we live. Sometimes we get so frustrated with the things. We see things in our world and we can get frustrated, upset, and we forget that we have a faithful judge that's going to take care of it. That ultimately someday things are set right. Psalm 95.3, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. The more we think and we, more we thank him and praise him for being in control, the more our perspective on things will change. Uh, you see, we can have more joy, more peace, and contentment because God is ultimately in control. Um, Tuesday night, that I, I'm going to share what one of our guys shared. He, he was just saying basically like, I can watch the news and get so mad about all these things that ultimately I can't change anyway. And I get me so frustrated and I watch it and then I get angry and upset. Or I find myself, if I spend time reading God's word, I find myself at peace, content, and not frustrated with my day. And he said, I, I struggle with that. And that's the reality for so many of us, right? We get frustrated sometimes. We see what's going on around us. But when we focus on God and what he's doing, it brings a greater sense of peace and co co contentment because it shifts our perspective. And we realize ultimately he's God above all. And we are not. So we see that worship and thanksgiving... Um, are kind of tied together. Giving thanks is worship, and worship is giving thanksgiving. Well, the, these two things, you'll see them interleaked uh, many, many times throughout the Psalms. Those, those verses and those words will go hand in hand together. Psalm 95, 1 and 2, and verse 6 as well. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the God, our maker. See, I could have spent an entire message if you just go to Psalms and look for verses on praise and worship and thanksgiving. But we do all these things as a declaration to who God is and what he's done for us, what he continues to do for us, the rock of our salvation. He is the creator, the provider, the sustainer, the king above all kings. And so that's a large part of why we worship corporately together is, is this one local body tied together. We worship corporately to make those declarations that God is superior, that he is to be worshiped, that we're thankful for him being our savior. And so worship is an integral part of Thanksgiving. They really, they go hand in hand. They're married together. When we worship, we're thanking God. We're declaring truths about God or thanking him. And so worship should be part of our regular ongoing Thanksgiving to God. It's not just something we do one, one day a year. Worship and thankfulness just tied together all the time. When we give thanks to God, we're worshiping him. When we worship him, we're giving him thanks. And so this idea of thanksgiving being a, a one-day thing is just inaccurate. It should be any time we're worshiping God, we're thanking him. And any time we're thanking him, we're worshiping him. Psalm 106.2, praise the Lord. Or excuse me, 106 verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? You'll see that, that phrase repeated so many times throughout Psalm. For his steadfast love, his undying, his unending, his unshakable, his never failing love endures forever, steadfast. And that's one of the things we give thanks for. His steadfast love will give, endure forever. And lastly, something else we can think about is giving thanks should not be circumstantial. 
that, that really tied in well with where I'm going to kind of spend a, kind of the, a majority of time here at the end, is giving thanks should not be circumstantial. We give thanks to God in all seasons. Thanks is not just when life is hunky-dory and everything's fine. There's a few verses that reference that, and I could have picked many more. I narrowed it down. Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 69, 29 through 31, but I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. So even more than sacrifice, praising God in all situations. And thanks and praise is not something we just do in the good times. It's something that we we do in all seasons of our life. And we're going to conclude there in a few moments when I get to it. And that's going to be something I talk about a little more. But just a few questions to consider for you as we talk about Thanksgiving. Are you grateful for your salvation? Are you truly grateful for your salvation if you're a believer? As you think about things to be thankful for, is that come to the top of your list? Or do you think about whatever else, insert whatever other item or thing or possession or relationship? Or is thankful for your salvation at the top of your list? See, we have a hope in that what Christ did for us and not what we did for ourselves. And that could give us something to be thankful for in all times, in all seasons, and, th- and help us to celebrate Thanksgiving in a much more meaningful way, knowing that Jesus is our Savior. Do you regularly practice Thanksgiving? Being thankful and practicing Thanksgiving, like we've said, is not just a once-a-year thing. It should be something we do with regularity. It should be something we make part of our life, our daily ongoing part of life, where it becomes more natural. The more we practice it, the more we do it. The more we do it, the more we... And it just kind of... We, we just start walking in that. And Thanksgiving is something that we practice as a, a regular part of our life, a regular part of our prayer life is giving thanks to the Lord. It, it also... This will lead us to greater contentment. The more we're thankful for what we have, the more we, we, we kind of put aside and cast off those things of envy and jealousy because I'm thankful for what I have right here. If all we ever do is look at what someone else has and look at what else they've been given or what else they've been blessed with, we could just live our life in this constant state of envy and jealousy. And and it's so easy for us because we always want to pick out the people that have more or have it better or who we think do. This person has something I want. They they have it better. They have it better. We never pick out the person that has it worse and say like, oh, I'm really jealous of the guys getting killed in Africa right now by the Boko Haram. I really wish I could be there. I'm so jealous of what they have. We pick out the people with the nicer house, the nicer car, the nicer clothes, and we think like, oh, look, they have it so good. That's not fair. We rarely look behind us, and we always look ahead at who, who has what I don't. And when we practice thanksgiving, it leads us towards a greater sense of contentment because now I'm happy with what God's blessed me with. I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. I'm thankful for the relationships he's given me instead of looking at this person and saying, like, I want what they have. That, that, that for me, is one of the biggest lessons somewhere along the line, maybe in my late 20s, early 30s, when I finally started to grasp that and I'm still working on that process it just leads to such a greater sense of contentment and peace. When you stop looking at people and saying like, oh, I wish I had it. Look at them. I want that. I wish I, and then you just say, no, man, I'm happy. God bless them. That's great. Good, good for them. And all of a sudden, it just kind of frees you up. 
And you're not always dealing with this thing of envy, of learning to be thankful. Man, I'm, I'm thankful. Look at what God's given me. Stop worrying about what he's given someone else and be thankful for what he's done in my life. And so do you regularly practice thanksgiving in your life for what you're thankful for? And then who are you giving thanks to? Thanks to God should be number one, but often we thank him last if we thank him at all. In all areas of our life, we should thank him first. Whether that's a new job or a promotion, who gave you the mental ability, the physical like strength, the capacity to do that, perform that task that allowed you to make that promotion or get that job or pursue that education to succeed in sports or school or in relationships, financial blessings, who ultimately is at work in those situations? Well, according to James 1.17, we see that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of change. So ultimately, are we thankful to God in all these things, knowing that every good gift comes from him? Often what happens is I thank myself. Look, I've done this. Or I thank this person. Look, they helped me get where I'm at. And that's not wrong to thank people. God uses people, absolutely. But he should be the one we thank first and above all. Is your thankfulness driving you to a deeper worship of the Lord? See, as we start to realize all of this and how much we can be grateful for, what we should be thankful for, for our salvation, we practice it with regularity. Hopefully it drives us to a deeper worship of the Lord. We realize every good and perfect gift came from him. He's creator. He reigns over all. He's the sustainer. And so our, our worship becomes that much more deep, that much more committed, the more we understand who God is. It, it, again, it's so much of this snowballs. The more we're thankful, the more we practice being thankful, the more we're content. The more we thank God, the more we praise him, and the more we worship, which realizes we need to thank and praise him more. And it snowballs, and it just gets more and more and more. And oftentimes, it works that way in reverse, too. The more we become focused on self, the more selfish we become, the more sinful we become, the more ungrateful we become, the more hostile, envious and it can work either way in our life. And so are you giving thanks to God? Is your thankfulness kind of driving you towards a deeper level of worship and commitment and contentment with the Lord? And our last application question is this. What is going on in your life that you are thankful for? You see, good or bad, we need to be in this habit or this pattern of being thankful. Our, our thanks to God should be driven by who he is and what he's done, not by our circumstances. And we're going to close with one last story, a biblical story and a personal story. Um, and we're going to start in Acts 16, verse 19 here. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them out into the marketplace before the rulers. Basically, Paul helps this young lady out who's being enslaved for what she's doing. And they set her free from this. And her owners realize she's not going to, they're not going to make any more money off of this girl. And they're mad and they're angry. And when they brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are dis disturbing our city. They weren't disturbing the city. They're disturbing their prophets. That's what they're disturbing. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. So the crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflict inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So they've been beaten with rods. Like, I would think this is much more severe than, than any beating any of us have ever endured, most likely. 
They beat them with rods, put them in prison, not just like prison, the innermost part of the prison, and then chain their feet in stocks. So, so we would say these guys, by all earthly circumstances, are in a bad situation. And then I want to read verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns or singing thanks to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So in the middle of circumstantially what would look like a terrible place to find themselves, beaten, wounded, in prison, uh, again, I, I, would, I would dare say anything that would make our prison system look like a night at the Ritz-Carlton from the Roman prison system and the beatings these guys received. And they're singing and praising God. So now I want to stop and give, we're going to jump into a personal story and I'll come back to this and we'll close with this Bible story. So I'm going to just close with a tale of kind of two Thanksgiving in our life that, that have happened. So Thanksgiving 2019. Uh, 2019 for us was a really good year. Uh, personally, uh, at church, we, we were kind of moving ahead in the beginning stages at that point of, of offering on this building. Um, we, we were just barely starting to talk about it and moving forward. We were moving forward. Uh, some of our guys were being challenged to kind of take some more steps moving in the process of becoming elders for our church. Um, personally, we had planned a, an extended road trip to go out to see my parents for Thanksgiving. We, were gonna, we went through Utah. We stopped at Zion National Park and Bryce uh, National Park in Utah. And, and man... Utah is beautiful. I, I remember a kid in eighth grade telling me, for my eighth grade road trip, my mom's taking me to Utah. And at the time, I'm like, why would you go to Utah? That sounds terrible. I, I didn't know any better at the time, so I apologized to Utah. Um, I, I went, and it, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. I, we, we had a, the Jerome's had just catered a big uh, dinner, and so they, they sent us on our trip with a tri-tip. Um, because they had leftover. And so I remember eating at a park there in Utah outside of Zion National Park. And there's a river running through this park. And you could see like the, the majestic peaks of it. And we're eating this nice tri-tip sandwich there. And it's just like, it was gorgeous. And so we drive down and, and the, man, I tell you the other thing, you know, the blue skies, holy moly, you get out of the Central Valley haze and you realize there are blue skies out there. God made the sky blue. It's amazing. Um, and so it was just a really special trip. And we got to New Mexico and we had a hunting trip planned with family. We were going to Carlsbad Caverns. We were going to have Thanksgiving dinner with family. My sister had just adopted these kids. And, and one of them like became the life of the party. He's kind of a, a special needs kid, but he is just like, he's amazing. Um, just, uh, I have a couple seconds. He's so funny. He's so energetic. I, I, I wish I could bottle his energy. I wish you guys could all see it, but he plays basketball and I just, I could just picture it because he's so excited about everything in life. His enthusiasm never wanes. He could say something once and he's excited and a thousand times and he's excited. So he started playing basketball this year and he made a basket, but he made it for the other team, but he was just so excited that it went in. They're saying, he didn't even care. He's just celebrating. He made a basket, and I could just picture it because that's the kid he is. He's just so excited. He loves life. Um, you know, we we're, we're, had no work obligations there that, that year, no personal obligations, just enjoyed friends, family, hanging out, and, and it was just like very peaceful. And, and honestly, at that time, though, I probably wasn't as thankful for that Thanksgiving and 2019 as I should have been without having the year we had of 2020. So we flipped the script to 2020. And now for obvious reasons, I acknowledge it was tougher for everyone. But even without COVID, COVID was secondary to, to a lot of other stuff that just happened in, in our life. And I'll, I'll briefly share just we... we so it went from being a, a pipe dream or a prayer to purchase this building to we actually, we bought it. And that sounds great. But then all of a sudden became 
paperwork and use permits and just all the stuff that came along with that, the permits and process and remodel. Um, we, we pursued the PPP loan here as a church it just because there's so much financial uncertainty. And if you, if you know me, one of the things I hate most is feeling like confused when you feel like I just don't know what to do. And there was so many times that year where I'm dealing with paperwork and stuff. I've never done, guys, I went to college and I got a Bible degree. I I didn't get a degree in some of these other things. And so I just, I spent so much of that year feeling confused. And that makes me just, yeah, even at the house, when something breaks down, I thank thank the Lord for YouTube because I feel like that has saved me. Like I can watch videos and learn what to do rather than just feeling confused, looking at instruction manuals that I don't know who can read instructions and figure them out. I cannot. I have to watch someone do it and I can figure it out. But I just felt, I was just confused. Like one of our vehicles kept breaking down, so we sold it and we went to a one-car family. Um, And and then one day I remember, I'm driving back. I'd taken the kids out. I was out with the kids. I'm driving home. I get a call from my brother and he says, hey, dad's in the hospital. He's been in a car crash. Um, He's being care flighted somewhere and don't really know know how bad it's going to be. And so all of a sudden that year, we take a Thanksgiving road trip, but it was out of necessity, not out of a, a plan. It was all of a sudden because that, that's the situation we found ourselves in. And, and what do I find myself doing when I, when I get there? What I've spent most of my year doing already, paperwork and paperwork and paperwork. And I hate paperwork. And I found myself, but that's where God has placed me at in this season of life where I'm having to help do paperwork and be confused and deal with medical stuff and insurance stuff. Again, stuff I have no clue how to deal with. And I'm just piecing it together. And then I, I have to trust, which I'm a little bit of a controller. Um, I have that tendency. And I have to trust that people, that things are happening because we're trying to get ready to move into this building. And I'm gone for three weeks. I've never been away for three weeks. But that was, I, I needed to be gone for a while. And the church, you guys graciously gave, gave me that time to go be with family during that season. Um, but I just had to trust that it was going to happen and, and let some things go. And that, that's tough for me. And I remember Mitch even calling me and saying, don't worry about it. Just be with your dad. Don't worry. But that's tough. That's tough when you're a controller. Um, and I just remember, I remember there were times my dad was in so much pain. I've never seen that in my life. And if you've seen that with a family member, you know what I'm talking about? Where someone you know who's, who's always been strong, but they're hurting so much. That, that they're, just, they're just in tears because the, they're in so much pain. And I just remember sitting behind his chair uh, some nights and just praying for him. And, and you just see the, the pain and the heartbreak and you see that. Um, and I remember Christy's telling me, like, you need to go to the doctor. I think you got an ulcer. Like, you're, I'm waking up with stomach pain every morning. And I'm like, I'm not going to the doctor. Um, that comes from, <laughs> maybe I should have, but I didn't. Uh, I just thought, no, nah, it's just Whatever. But all of this, I don't, I don't say that necessarily for sympathy. In fact, some of you could come up behind me and smack me and say, get back to work, stop, stop whining about it. I, that's fine. I might need to hear that. But, but I tell you that because of this. 2020 was a very, very different year. It, it was a much more challenging year for me. But, but in the midst of all of that, I, I, I think that in the midst of the difficulty, I was much more thankful in 2020 than in the peace and prosperity of 2019. You see, because I had to thank God for getting me through difficult seasons, for strength and energy when I was exhausted, when I was tired, when I was just mentally like done. When, when things happening in, in your family life and your work life and they all kind of collide and you just, you just get to a point and you're like, I'm just done. 
And yet somehow I felt like there was times just the Lord supernaturally uh, gave me strength and got me through that. And having a, a difficult year brought a greater perspective in looking back even and looking ahead. So I look back at 2020, uh, 2019 with more thankfulness. And in reality, I think I'm more thankful of the relative peace of 2021 because it, it, it was so much more at peace. And I don't, I don't know where you're at. For some of you, this year could have been like the, the worst year you can recall. Some of you guys have endured loss and heartbreak and things have happened in your life and great struggle. And for others of you, perhaps this was a year of peace and prosperity. But whatever the circumstance, we're to praise God in the good and the bad. And the ups and the downs, that's as I started with, we talk about Psalms being so relevant because it's this idea of it's, it's praising God and seeking him when we're in the valley and it's praising God and seeking him when we're on the mountaintop. Do you regularly practice giving thanks to God and make it a pattern of your life no matter what is taking place? Are you thankful for what he's doing? And perhaps, we're going to read a verse in a minute, some few verses, but perhaps God is working on a larger and grander scale than we could even fathom. That our thanks and praise to him in the midst of difficulties is setting the stage for something greater to come. Is that possible? I want to finish reading here in, in Acts. Let's go back to Acts 16 here. Let's finish up this story. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. This is after they'd been praising and singing thanks to God. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice and said, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he baptized, was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. You see, Paul and Silas set the table for God to do a great work by continuing to praise and worship him in the midst of their difficult situation. From this terrible situation they found themselves in, beaten with rods, imprisoned in, in the innermost part of the prison, shackled by their feet, and they continue praising and giving God thanks. So when you give thanks in the hard times, who might you be setting the table for, for God to do a mighty work? It's so easy when they see us praising and giving thanks. Yeah, everything's perfect in your life. Everything's going fine. Your family's okay. Everyone's healthy. You're blessed. You have a what? Whatever. People can look at us and say that and say, yeah, of course you're thankful. Look at all you have to be thankful for. When they see us continue that in the difficult times, continuing to be thankful, continuing to worship, continuing to praise God, I think sometimes that speaks so much louder to the world around us. And we see that this jailer comes to faith in Christ. And, and I'm, I'm certain, I don't know this, I can't point to a Bible verse. I feel certain because it said the other prisoners heard him. I feel certain that he was hearing Paul and Silas sing praise to God in the middle of all of that. So much so that when Paul says, don't do yourself any harm, we're all here. That he wants to know who, who was this God you were praising and singing and thanking in the middle of this difficulty. 
And so at the end of all of this, we see that Paul leads this guy to the Lord and his household. So the Thanksgiving service goes from the jailhouse to the prison guard's house, bringing in more family members to the kingdom of God who become believers in Jesus because they were thankful in the difficult times. So I just close with this thought. Are you giving thanks to God? Are you making it a pattern? And are you giving him thanks in all seasons? We're going to celebrate it this Thursday. Again, I love it. It's a great time of year. But it doesn't just need to be one day of our life. It needs to be a pattern of our life of being thankful to God in all seasons. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful that you are at work. We are grateful in the good times and the bad. Help us to develop a pattern and a habit of thankfulness and praise. May we never become so focused on our own situations that, that we, we can't see beyond that, that we can't see beyond how you're working in, in, in quite possibly you're working in, in ways of eternity through our temporary suffering. God, may we strive to be thankful, exhibit thankfulness and worship to you in all seasons. In Jesus' name, amen.